Welcome to the Sexy Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that turns dog training on its tail with a whirlwind of fun and games that achieve real life results for you and your dog. Each episode is a treasure trove of inventive games-based training solutions supported by our Games Club, the ultimate dog training membership with a team of pro dog trainers helping you every step of the way 24-7. Think of us as your go-to squad of dog experts. I'm Lauren Langman, a top-level agility competitor. I've competed and won all over the world and at the largest show in the world, Crufts, with my superstar Blink. I'm a Sunday Times best-selling author, owner of one of the largest dog training facilities in the whole of the UK, and a founder of the Sexy and a Squirrel Challenge, a challenge that has helped over 140,000 dog owners just like you to get real-life results. Our team consists of experts in scent work, detection, search and rescue, tracking, agility, obedience, heel work to music, the intricacies of why your dog does exactly what they do, naughty but nice, behavioural problems and so much more. We're here to help you be the very best dog owner that you can be for your dog. In our world, you'll become more mesmerising to your dog than the juicy, marinating steak on the counter or the mysterious smelly thing on the side of the road. Yes, you really can become even more tantalising than fox poo and even the local jogger. Our mission, we know how to make you the apple of your dog's eye by tapping into the transformational power of play and learning through games. Whether you're wrangling a bitey, sharky puppy or teaching an old dog new tricks, the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast is packed with creative strategies and supporting advice for you. Become the most thrilling part of your dog's world. Ready, set, play. Welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast powered by the Games Club. Now, today I'm joined by the wonderful Samaya. And Samaya and I are talking probably one of the most difficult struggles that people go through with a dog. It's day in, day out, and it causes buckets to be full, both for the dog and the owner. And we're talking pulling on leash. Welcome, Samaya. Where do we start? Oh, my goodness. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. And Samaya, pro dog trainer, former group dog walker. And yeah, pulling on lead. That's what I have helped so many people with. And it is painful. There is, there's two things that fill my bucket as a human. One of them's barking. And then the other one is pulling on lead because it's this, it, it takes that dream that you had with your dog and it shatters it immediately. And it feels so hopeless when it's happening. When you have a dog who is just pulling like a train, your, your shoulders hurting, you can't walk fast enough, basically have to run to keep up with them. And you never know where they're going to pull you to next, what they're pulling you to. And it's just, it's frustrating. It's really, really uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think when I think about dogs that I've worked with over the years, and obviously, typically right now, I work largely in games club. So our online homeschooling for dogs. However, traditionally, I was always a hands-on sort of working with a dog in, in the centre. And I still do work in the centre. Um, obviously, we have one of the biggest centres in the UK. So I still do see dogs um, day in, day out. But one of the biggest, I, I remember two clients specifically, one really gorgeous lady. Her name was Roz. Her dog was Meg. And she basically got herself outdogged. She was a 70-plus-year-old lady, and she bought herself a Border Collie puppy. And she'd always wanted a Border Collie. And she got her first Border Collie, and I would guess she was about 75. And realistically the farm that homed her the border collie probably should never have. She was outdogged from day one. And then secondly, she was quite fragile and quite frail. And so I would say that walking was always a struggle for her. Now, 
we were really worked hard on loose leash walking and we had great loose leash walking, but she did need a lot of the prep work in advance of it. And ultimately she was outdogged. So number one, think about um, what you're using. So for her, it was harness and um, double lead, sometimes a head collar because the dog ultimately was too strong for her and she was fragile. Um, and she stands out as one of my main like memories in, in, in training loose leash walking, having massive wins there, but acknowledging one, she was outdogged and two, she needed the right gear. Second one that I think um, really stands out for me is one of my customers who had their shoulder torn by their dog um, and really like ripped out um, and had major shock shoulder sort of injury from it. And again, uh, just setting up correctly and thinking it through, but the pain points that it caused, and she only came to me at the point where this injury had happened. So she was actually, she contacted me from the hospital and you know what that's like, Um you'll get to a point with something that it becomes so painful that you're going to tackle it. Like the same with weight, right? You're like, I'm eating, life is good. Love my eating, love my eating. You know what? I've hit a weight that I'm not happy with. And and that does happen, doesn't it? You hit a, a point that you're not happy with. And both of these dogs, they'd hit a point that they were not happy with or not the dogs, the owners. Um, and, and, and so um, one student, her name was Michelle, the other student, like I said, her name was Roz. One just outdogged, dog was very strong. Um, she had a, a Dane cross, a big weighty dog. And if you're outdogged by your dog, or um, if you are fragile in any way, and both of these clients ended up being fragile, really, because after the shoulder injury, Michelle was also fragile in that shoulder. I think it's really important we address loose leash walking. And the important thing here, I think, Samara, is number one, it is achievable. Number two, all the games are ready and made and, and there for you to achieve it. Number three, that we probably manage and we are aware of it and we are aware how we're going to play this. And um, probably number four, we need to get the whole family on board. We need to get everyone on board. So anyone in the household on board. Uh, and number five, um, knowing that you're not alone. This is not an uncommon struggle. This is a very normal struggle and it's literally worldwide. So where do we start? Oh my goodness, where do we start? It's such a, I think fundamentally we need to understand where the dog is coming from. Why are they pulling? Because if we don't have the compassion for that, if we don't understand that it's, well, first of all, mechanically, they're designed to go faster than we are, right? And also the amount of arousal, the amount of stimulus that is available in the environment. Us humans, we have evolved at a speed which is able to keep up with the amount of novelty in our environments. Meanwhile, our dog's the canine species can't possibly evolve as quickly as they need to in order to be cool with the world that we're asking them to live in. Like this urban lifestyle that we live in is just full of novelty. And so they're constantly like they're, they're so much sharper than we are in terms of what they can take in and how much stimulus will affect them. So if they are just going into peak arousal, the second we step out the door, well, then maybe a walk actually isn't that appropriate for them right? They don't have the skills to be successful in that environment. And so we slap a leash on them or whatever the walking equipment is. If your dog doesn't have the control of their arousal level enough to even be in that environment in a calmer way, or even a mid range of arousal, you've lost before you've even stepped out the door, right? You've both lost, you've lost and your dog's lost. And that's not really a fun way to continue a walk. And I think this is probably worth us like winding back here and saying, you know what? Leash walking starts at home and leash walking starts with games. 
And if I think to probably my best leash walker, um, that would be Tokyo. Um, he actually didn't ever get put on a lead in a situation that he wanted to go forward until he, and when I say wanted to go forward, like wanted to pull and go like sled dogging, he didn't ever get put in that situation until he had all the skills he needed to do it. And yet most owners can't do that because the society and the public and the world pushes, you get a puppy, you get them vaccinated, you get them out for a walk. I probably don't do any of those things in that order, right? Like those aren't the things I would do. And so for me, it would be, if you've got a young dog, a puppy, a rehome, a rescue, whatever that might be, an adolescent, let's look at what skills they need for walking. So let's break these skills down. So number one, um, for me, uh, proximity games. And proximity games are, do you want to hang out with me? Do you want to be close to me? Now, the games club is full of proximity games, right, Samaya? Oh, yes. There's some of my favorites in there. I mean, even just orientation game, like I used to be an off-leash group hiker. And the number one game that I would play every time I did what a consult with somebody who was inquiring about going on group hikes, I would just do an orientation game. Like, can this dog even orient me? Is he aware, he or she aware of where I am? Do they want to turn back to me? And do they even want to come close to me? Because if I don't have closeness with them, if I don't have proximity, then we're going to really struggle on that walk. Like that's a fundamental skill that we need to have. And then additionally, you need to have Again, your dog needs to have a sense of calmness, being able to ground themselves at least somewhat and not be so high that the lights are on and nobody's home. And then equally, can they disengage? Can they disengage from that motorcycle that just went by, that dog that's across the street, the bird that just flew across our path, the brushling leaf that's going across the road? Can they, obviously they're going to notice it. They're, they're a dog. We probably, most humans would notice those things too, but can our dog disengage from those things and then come back down to earth and proceed to be with you? Now, I think you raised two points here and I think they're very, very relevant is um, for me, like, can, can my dog do this? And probably often not. And so I think then the pressure is on because society says we walk dogs, we walk dogs twice a day, we walk them for an hour at a time, we walk them around feed times and and they get fed when they come home. And uh, you know what, society's got their rules and and we're kind of disturbing that um, by saying what what we're doing. But for me, there is also then the self-discipline of, do I need to walk this dog on leash um, and rehearse what I don't want. So I don't actually want to rehearse that. Now, if your dog has appropriate walking skills, as in going out and about and is off leash and is well behaved, I would sometimes question that because often dogs who pull on lead don't always have those. But you know what? Easy is fantastic off leash in big spaces. Um, but she's not the easiest dog to walk with on a lead. She does like to pull. Um, and so for me, what I might do is also consider, do I want to just put them in the car? So actually, if they go in the car, can you hop it in the car? Nice. And when I get to the place I'm going to take them, I'm going to take them to somewhere they don't need to go on lead, right? So they can go straight from the car out of the car. There's a part of me that would prefer to warm them up a bit, but you know what? Orientation game could work there. And So do they even need to go on the leash? Secondly, for me, most of my walks with young dogs, adolescent dogs, rescue dogs, rehome dogs, or dogs that are new to me, would be a training session anyway. So I'm not actually looking to do that. So as in to get them out walking, I'm actually looking at what is the training session. So notice that everything you do towards your lead walking should be training at the early stages. And I know that a lot of people expect to just get them out and walk them. And I I observed a guy about a month ago from from now and and he was he was doing the whole like lead pop, like the bang, bang, bang. And you could just see him like lead popping. Do not do that. And you could see the dog shrinking and shrinking and then really want to go forward. So they pull again, shrinking, shrinking, pulling, shrinking, shrinking. And you can see eventually he'll break his spirit or 
he'll break his owner one way or the other and one of them will give in um but that isn't the way that we want to continue and it's definitely not for us a way that we've ever seen um sort of results and it's just not the way that that we'd want to morally or ethically train our dogs and at the same time you can see how someone gets there because they're rushing to go for the walk and i think it's really important we reel back and we go okay proximity practicing in the house, practicing in the garden, practicing in non-exciting spaces. So going to non-exciting spaces. Like for me, um, we have a supermarket 10 minutes from us. I would practice there. So I'd practice in the supermarket and I'd practice walking around the supermarket, doing proximity games. No, I'm not doing just loose leash walking. I'm doing proximity games. I can't say loose leash walking fast. Um, and so, um, so yeah, I'm playing loose leash games. So games like orientation, games like middle, games like thunder, games like um, sort of close to my side and getting my dog to really push into my side, pivoting and um, walking backwards, walking forwards, magic hand. So I'm playing all the games that say match me, mirror me, hang out with me. I'm cool. You're cool. Let's do this together. And then. I find all of those come really nicely together. And all of these games are in Games Club, right, Samaya? Yes. Yeah. You've named a lot of my favorites. And I love exactly what you said. It's like, can you mirror me? Can you read my body language? Can you move with me as a unit? Because that's what you and your dog are, right? You're a team. You're It's not them and you. It's you guys are a unit and you can move together, especially when you're attached together with a lead. And that could be for a multitude of reasons, like what safety mostly, right? ultimately safety in every every aspect of the of the term but you need to be able to be a team with your dog and that's what i love so much about all the games in games club and this this method of concept training and games based training is it's about you and your dog being the ultimate companions filling that relationship bank account because that is when i've worked with clients on loose lead walking i find that that's actually and that comes back to proximity too is one of the things that is lacking the most is our dog not having the desire to be close with you. Sure, maybe inside you cuddle, but can you even step out? Like, for example, we live in a hallway. Does Vince even want to be close to me when we're in the hallway? Does he want to be close to me at any point when we're out on a walk? Because I need him to be very in very close proximity, right? Proximity is this awesome little aura of value that you have around you and your dog's desire to be in that aura, seeing so much value there that the rest of the world doesn't exist, which then leads into the concept of disengagement. That proximity aura is so valuable that they can disengage from that outside world. They have the calmness, the skill, skill of calmness enough to choose the proximity and choose disengagement over distraction. So, which is all about filling that relationship bank account. And so games that mirror that this is my sexy side, right? It's side switching, it's middle, it's middle on the move, it's magic hand on your side, it's two paws on. Any of those games where your dog needs to be close and with you working as a team. And I absolutely love that. And I was thinking about this, like two of the things that I really, well, like I start to know that I'm getting there. For example, mirror me and match me. If I stop, you stop. So if I stop, you stop. And I don't want to be saying to a dog, um, halting, walking, halting, walking. I just want to stop and I want them to stop. And I'm not going to do it real sudden. Like I like to keep a loose lead. I, I like to keep a U shape. I want a U shape in my lead. Uh, and so for me, that's really important. The second one that's really important, and this is actually an off lead, but for me, it links to on lead. And it's, I change direction a lot on a walk, but I don't go, hey, I'm changing direction or Tokyo or 
Um, literally, whoever's named Brave, I don't tell them. I just change direction. And no, I don't like try and catch them out like and let them panic. But if I've got a dog who is testing me, I probably push that a bit more. So I'm like, I'm hiding behind this tree. And you are going to like look for me. Like I'm, I'm not telling you where I'm going on the walk. And I know that's an off-leash game, but that really links to all the on-leash, which is mar- mirror me, match me, care about where I am, care about my proximity. I'm going to deliver you really great things. We ditch the bowl together. I have really great things. However, I also want to know that you're on board. Like, let's see that you're on board. And I think this is really important. So, Samaya, so again, I think this is a topic, wow, we could deep dive into. Let's do a little bit of tips tennis. So let's do a little bit of tips tennis. So leash skills what might they be and i'm going to start it off and i'm going to say what you rehearse you get so if your dog's rehearsing it you need to quit you need to start something different because if your dog's rehearsing what you don't want and you're continuing to do it you are building and you're growing that neural pathway you do not want to grow it in that direction you do not want to keep doing that for me that is a no-no let's interrupt that let's stop that and let's start doing what we do want and in the meantime if that means you need to manage your walks by putting your dog in the car or whatever else you might be doing or playing some different games in the garden and if you've maybe got a big garden that might help then literally let's let's change it up but try to not allow them to continue growing in a direction that's not serving you. That's my first tip. Over to you, Samaya. What's your next tip? I love it. And I, my tip would be, what are you looking, like asking yourself literally, what am I looking to get out of going for a walk with my dog? Is it for you, the human? Because if it's for you, the human, and yet it's a painful experience, go by yourself. You can enjoy a walk by yourself. Leave your dog at home. Have a <laughs> Go out, grab a coffee, maybe go with a friend, right? Go and enjoy that space, maybe where dogs aren't allowed and enjoy the scenery, right? We have a beautiful ocean walk where I live and it's out to a lighthouse and dogs dogs have to be on leash for that. And I know that with the amount of activity and the bicycles and all the things that go down that pathway, that's not an appropriate environment for Mr. Vince. So I'm going to grab a friend, we're going to grab a coffee and we're going to go down there ourselves. And then if you're looking to get out of your walk exercise for your dog, and yet it's painful, and yet they're rehearsing something that you don't want them to rehearse, why not play games at home? Like there's days where I just take Mr. Vince, like we just do it in our living room, or or we go down to our parkade. We live in a condo building. There's a big dead-end empty space where we can go and play games. I just pop a long line on him. There's like it's a quiet building. There's not very much activity. I know that it's safe, and I know I have his attention, and I've got that long line as a safety net just in case. And we just play games and for for five minutes, five minutes is it. And he's, he's toasted afterwards. He comes in and, and naps for the next three, four hours. So is it exercise? Is it trying to burn your dog out and just tire them out for the sake of them having energy? Or is it because you're married to this narrative that the world has bestowed upon us that you must walk your dog? And yet it's so painful. Why are we doing what's not comfortable and perpetuating that which we don't like? Because it's only going to grow more of what we don't like or what's not working for us. And ultimately, if your dog is not having a good time on the walk either, what's the point? So asking yourself, what am I looking to get out of this walk? And is there an alternative to achieve that same goal? 
Fantastic one. And I love that. And I think I probably um, would say the alternative that might achieve the same goal if we follow through there would be let's create a playlist. Let's create a playlist. If you're in Games Club and I know loads of you that are listening are, then you know what? Let's create a playlist. And if you're not, then where on earth have you been? Join the Games Club right now. Get on the Absolute Dogs website. Listen to the end of the podcast and then do it. Uh, Absolute Dogs website um, and make sure you look out for uh, Games Club. It's in there. Join the club. uh, And it's mega. But let's create a playlist. So let's create a playlist and it is based around, and I think so many people in this world, and this is this is the, the training the humans part, so many people are lacking direction, lacking focus, lacking intentional training, lacking intention generally in their life. This is something that's intentional. I want to sort out this loose leash walking. I want to have great walks with my dog. You know what? I'm going to create a playlist that is going to help me create exactly the picture I want with my dog. No, you're not going to get there if you do the same things you've always done. That's the definition of insanity. Stop doing what you've always always done. Let's do something different. Let's create a playlist. And if that playlist doesn't feel completely comfortable, take some games out and put some new games in. Here at the Games Club and here at um, basically Absolute Dogs, what we do is we work with a dog in front of us. And if you're listening and going, I've got Games Club, I don't even know what to do with it. You know what? We've got Games Club Guru Sessions where we will run you through what to do with it. We will show you what to do with it. We'll show you how you're going to do it. I'm going to say create a playlist. And your playlist is intentionally focusing on what you want. So focus on what you want. Don't focus on the struggle. Focus on the solution. And let's work on it together. Let's create that playlist to help you and your dog work through this struggle. Over to you, Smaya. I think that's brilliant. And the the great thing about Games Club is you can actually, like we have resources in there that tell you how to target your dog's struggle. So maybe you have a handful of struggles that you want to work on, loose lead walking being one of them. You can actually, there's a PDF resource in there that's going to guide you through identifying those core concepts that your dog needs help with the most. And then it it's going to help you go and search out those games, the games that you need by concept. We have a search page where you can filter by concept. So as we were talking about proximity, calmness, and disengagement, those are three core concepts to a lot of struggles, actually. And so we can go into the games club and we can filter all the games that work on proximity, all the games that work on disengagement, all the games that work on calmness. And through playing those games, those games shape the brain. They exercise those neural pathways that our dogs need growth in, in order to have those outcome behaviors that we're looking for, right? So before we even ask our dog for the behavior of, of a loose lead walk, let's build those skills with them in order to achieve that in the first place before we're taking them out on a long walk around the neighborhood or exposing them to environments that are just too much for them. Let's Let's build those skills, then let's teach the behaviors and and let's build our relationship with our dog while we're doing it. Now, I think all of that's fantastic. And then I think back to training some of Tokyo's early stage walking. And what I would do is I wouldn't even get to the building. I'd probably just get, because obviously we have a, a training center at home. It's where you guys see the videos in Games Club. And when I am going to the building, before I even like got out of the house, I would just be working on mirror me, match me mirror me, match me. If I walk forwards, you walk forwards. If I walk backwards, you walk backwards. If I walk sideways, you walk sideways. Like train them at that stage. And yet most people are so in the, in the rush to get to the building. And I've got a great example. In fact, I've got two. 
And um, one of these is Eliza. Very recently, we went. Um, we, were, we were in Colorado, and we went to the top of a very, very high altitude, like peak mountain, and it was called Pikes Peak. Anyone in Colorado? Massive shout out! I loved our Colorado crew. I loved our whole USA crew. Actually, amazing people we got to meet. Um, and please share the podcast with everyone because I love that we've got such a great following in America. Uh, so please shout out to all of our lovely American students. Um, and on the way, I said. Okay, we're going to be at Pikes Peak in about 48 minutes. And Liza said, Mummy, Pikes Peak is not a destination. This is the journey. And I was like, oh my goodness, like for a, an 11 year old to tell me we're on a journey, mum, like this is what we're doing. We're going all the way. And I was planning on getting on my phone and working for the next 40 minutes and then getting to Pike, Pike's Peak. And Eliza at 11 has got it so much more like grounded and right where she says, Mummy, hang on a second, put the phone down. This is the journey. And that for me is your loose leash walking. Your journey is all those games. You will have the journey and it will be fantastic if you work out that that is the journey, that is the destination. You'll have that destination whilst working on the journey. And the journey will actually become way more fun than the destination in the long run because you'll be so proud of the journey and what you've learned along it. So that for me was mega. Eliza like took my breath away with that one. It was a bit of a Good work, Liza. Like that is what life's about. And I'm glad that that we're at some point educating you somehow. Um, and um, and then secondly, the other one was had a student in the car park and the student's dog was lunging and pulling and barking. And the student had come for a holiday and she was on a naughty but nice week retreat with her dog. And the dog was lunging at me, barking at me. I'd never met her before and really like flying, doing backflips. And I said to the lady, have you got your food? Have you got your toys? Like, let's let's work on it. She wasn't my student. She was she was waiting for a, a trainer and she just got out of the car a bit early and arrived a bit early, I think. And, and she said, no, 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 I can't be doing that now because I'm waiting for my training session. And I was like, hang on. This is the training session. Like, this is it. This is the journey. This is like Pike's Peak all over again. Um, and it was just this realization that every time you step out of your door, you are in a training session with that dog. Every time you clip a leash or you don't have a leash on that dog, you're still training that dog, whether you acknowledge it or not. When you clip your leash on that dog, if you allow them to walk forwards and pull, you are reinforcing walk forwards and pull if you follow them. So for me, standing still is really powerful and waiting for your dog to actually sometimes adjust themselves. Sometimes you might have to slip a hand in the collar and say, hello, I still exist dog. Um, and they'll go, oh yeah, got, remember you are the person that feeds me. Um, but ultimately, sometimes we need to just be a little patient and wait. Sometimes we need to turn around and go back home again. Sometimes we just need to turn around and, and take them home. And um, other times we need to do matching and mirroring. And I don't even get to the building some days. Some days I just match and mirror in the car park. In fact, I should video it and I'll put it in Games Club because it's a really nice lesson. And um, uh, Tokyo reminds me of one of my very late dogs um, who does, ex he does exactly the same. He like hops back. He's like, okay, I'm here. You see me. He's like quite dramatic with his present and accounted for, um, like registering for leash walking. Um, and so I think that most people miss that stage. And you might think you miss it because it's really hard work. It's actually not hard work and it's really, really fun, especially if you play the games that we play at Absolute Dogs. However, when you have it, you'll have it for life. And so, yes, it might take a little longer than maybe the, the lead popping, but the lead popping doesn't last. It isn't kind and it isn't how we want to treat dogs. And it's certainly not how we get great learning. It's actually very um, inhibitive for a dog and it's very aversive for a dog and actually doesn't feel nice for an owner. Um, we've all had that moment at some point where we've either lost our temper or we've we've kind of gone, like, I don't know, I can imagine now, like when one of mine have been um, sort of digging or something and you've kind of gone, what are you doing? But it's not the way to deal with it. We all know that. And leash popping is definitely not, like really is not. Um, and so I feel like 
this is a long speech, but I feel like the the journey is really important. And all of those games that we have, that we build our playlists and we we grow through Games Club and we we teach our loose leash walking, it all builds up to beautiful walking and that walking will last a lifetime, right, Samaya? Absolutely. That's like, why did we get a dog in the first place? It's so that we could enjoy their company, right? And maybe you break the mold on what enjoying their company looks like. And you don't need to punish them into submission and agreeing to, oh yeah, okay, I guess I'm going to stick close to you because, you know, I'll get hurt if I don't. It's, I'm going to stick close to you because it's an awesome place to be because it's, I want to be there, right? It's, it's this, it's just that strength in the relationship. It's that ultimate trust because every time we do a punishment aversive training method, whether it is a leash pop or whether you slap a prong collar on them or anything like that, it just nosedives that relationship even more, which is actually taking way farther away from your goal. Right. And it's just, it's, it's not the way to go. And there is another alternative and that's games-based training and it works. That's the brilliant thing. It works and it's going to work a heck of a lot faster than you think it's going to. I've, I used to work with a beautiful, beautiful uh, pity and he's just such a sweet, sweet boy. And he really struggled on loose lead walking with his mom and her shoulder was aching. Her back was aching. And, and it was actually something really simple for him, which was, okay, let's give him a longer lead because he was just on like a four foot lead and let's give him a six foot lead or an eight foot lead. Let's let him sniff. Let's let him do his dog things. And he just kept checking in with me. So when I was walking with him, because back then I was doing training walks, he would choose to be at my side. He would go and sniff a bit and then he'd choose to come right back in with me. And and that was the difference. It was this little bit of freedom that he had, that he was entrusted with, that gave him the desire to come back. Like a really brilliant game in Games Club that teaches this is the Check Me Out Circle. Again, it's another one of my favorite games. Go out there, go be a dog. I want you to do your dog things. And they start, that drive to come back into us starts growing and growing. And they just, it's so strong. The proximity vortex is another one too. It's like, it's such a strong drive to come back and be with us. It builds so much strength and proximity that they don't even want to be out there. They like the thing that you notice the, the most is that their speed of going out slows down a lot and their speed of coming in speeds up a lot and their duration with you increases a ton. And it's just, this is the place of value. This is where it pays to be. And it's so, it's, that is, it's mega, isn't it? And what I love is we can change so many dogs and owners' lives if we just paid a bit of attention to the journey. And it is not about where you're going on your walk. It's about how you get there. And I think there's a lot more to come here. I definitely think we can do more with, with leash walking. Uh, Samaya, this has been fantastic. And I know so many people want to hear it. We've got more games that will help with loose leash walking at our very exciting free event. It's for owners all over the world. And it's the 24th 
and 25th of February. If you haven't already checked it out, it'll be all over our Facebook page. It'll be all over the website. Please, 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 please RSVP to come. It's free. Share it all over the world because we want people who want to learn about this with their dogs in a free way so that hopefully games-based dog training can take over from leash popping. That's that's our big goal. Now, Samaya, this has been fantastic. Are you up for doing another one? Absolutely. Let's do it. Amazing stuff. So that was this episode of the Sexy Than a Squirrel podcast. It's been insane. I know there's incredible value there for you. Please share this podcast. It makes a difference to dog owners, to dogs all over the world, and you as well, because you're going to meet these dogs when you're out and about on your walk. I literally cannot wait to see you again next week. You guys are amazing. Stay awesome. We'll see you real soon.